Welcome to Gray Maybe, a limited series podcast and social experiment based on this season's topic, grief. My name is Jillian Schmitz. I'm a professional dancer, actor, teacher, author, artist, and cat lover. Through my own personal journey of recovery, I found that things aren't just black or white or a simple yes or no. For me, in my recovery, there has been mostly gray area and a lot of maybes. In most of my stories, you can find the gray maybe. I'll be sharing my own process through personal stories and interviews with others in an effort to help investigate the process of and recovery through grief. If you'd like to share your story, please email graymaybestories at gmail.com. G-R-E-Y-M-A-Y-B-E-S-T-O-R-I-E-S at gmail.com. Before we get started, if you haven't already, please subscribe on whichever platform you're using to catch future episodes of Gray Maybe. A note before we start. My stories and the stories of others on this podcast are told through the lens of our own experience. The revelation of our process is ours to tell. If you disagree with the views or stories on this podcast, know that we are not speaking on anything other than our own experiences and viewpoints. Take what you like and leave the rest. Nothing expressed or mentioned in this podcast is an endorsement or is meant to be taken as advice. It is strictly the sharing of our own experiences and recovery. Any feelings this podcast activates in the listener is for the listener to process and recover from. Any criticism you have based on these experiences and choices are yours, and they are not anyone else's burden to carry. Trigger warning, death, brain cancer, sudden death. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Gray Maybe podcast. If you're just tuning in, thanks so much for joining me today and consider listening to previous seasons of the Gray Maybe. I have season one and two out. This is season three. And if you are a repeat listener, thank you so much for coming back again and again. Today, I have an old friend here on the podcast. And I say old, not because we're old, because we're certainly not old. But I haven't seen her in a long time. We used to work together. I still have very fond memories of us working together. Her name is Kara Lindbergh. She is a, was a professional dancer. But I, guys, she's still kind of actually a professional dancer because she runs a very popular TikTok account called Retired Professionals, which is her and other retired professionals dancing, TikTok dances and things like that. So I'm actually going to say she is out of retirement as a, as a dancer in this new medium, but we used to do actual like professional jobs of like traveling to do very cliche, more cliche professional jobs, but she is, in my eyes, still a professional dancer. She's also a mother. She's also a businesswoman. She also has some CBD passions that maybe she'll talk a little bit about. Although it's off topic, well, she she'll give you a little a little hit. Maybe it helps with grief. I don't know. We could talk about it. Um, but Kara Lindbergh, thank you so much for coming to the Gray Maybe podcast. It's so good to see you. Oh my gosh, I was so excited when I got your message to ask me on here. Thank you so much. Um, and it's been so nice to see your face. It's been a while, and. Um... I mean, yeah, I don't know if I would call myself professional anymore, Jillian, but we I mean, have fun doing those dances. So it, it keeps me 
um, keeps my brain fresh and keeps my body active. So listen, I don't, you don't have to tell me all your business, but I know that some of us can make money on these social media platforms. So if you're making money off TikTok dancing, I think I'm going to put that in the category and let's be real with the strike right now. Influencers and people online are some of the only people that can make money right now doing, doing right. entertainment. So, but, um, okay. I'll, you know, whatever you say, Kara, but you still, <laughs> you still look exactly the same as when I last saw you, which might've been a while ago. I don't yeah, know. Almost I don't know 10 plus yeah, years. I wanted ago. to say 10, but yeah. that felt too dramatic. Um, just in my own heart. <laughs> I know. I know it's going by too fast. Yeah. But I do, I do remember us and our times, like literally like I can recall it in my brain. Like I was just telling her before we logged on to this platform to record that I remember us like just having conversation waiting in the in the galley of, you know, the plane before we deplaned, you know, to go do a job in the Bahamas or whatever. Yes. Um, which was super fun. But um, so season three, Gray Maybe, we talk sad, we talk grief. Um, and you I thought of you immediately as one of those people because over the years I've watched you, you know, kind of my only contact with you has really been online social media. And um I've seen you from time to time, but pretty consistently post things about grief from when you were kind of in maybe in first in the thick of it when you were ready to talk about it, but then also very consistently, which that's yeah. been what I've really, um, I don't want to say enjoyed. It's not enjoyed. It, I've appreciated. I, that's what I've really right. appreciated, right? Is that it's not, I think we would all love for grief to be this one thing that happened that one time. And now I'm here and it's different. And I think we hope that for everyone who's been through a significant grief. Um, but I just don't think that's probably real. And I think we're all just kind of like placating that a little bit. But so when I see people who consistently still are like, Hey, this day is hard or Hey, this thing is, and Hey, just a reminder, grief is this, this, and this, it's a reminder that like, Oh, right. Like Kara had that loss that she talked about publicly and she's still talking about that loss. And it's not like, oh, she's still talking about that loss. It's like, no, like this is a, it's like any recovery is ongoing, right? Like I don't know too many people who have recovered from anything. I'll use alcohol as a very common example or like one that people might be able to relate to just as an idea. You don't recover. You don't like make it. You don't like, and I'm better now and I can now drink like a normal person. No, we all know no. that like if you're an alcoholic, like, that's kind of the deal. It's an, it's, you're kind of something you're working on every day, kind of more like a practice. So I love that that's kind of how I've seen you show up on social media in addition to the other things that you do on social media. And I'm wondering if you would share a little bit with people listening um, about your loss and anything you want to comment about that. And I'll try not to interject too many. Yeah, no. And I think that's, one of the biggest things that surprised me about grief was that it is ongoing. Like I thought I would be sad right afterwards and I'll get into how my mom um, died and everything, but I thought I'd be sad and then it would get better, but it doesn't, it doesn't get better. And it pops up like randomly here or there um, in the most unexpected ways. And so that's why I wanted to share about it because no one, I hadn't heard anyone talk about grief and I was like, Holy shit, this is hard. Like this is not something I, it's not easy. And I, I needed, a voice. So I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and be that voice for other people to feel like they're not alone going through it. Um, and I don't know, Jillian, I don't know if you know that my dad actually passed first. So he died in 2013. Yep. Okay. He died in 2013. Um, 
I was still dancing in Vegas. I was dancing for the, I was actually at the Latin Grammys, like rehearsal. And I had emailed him to say, hey, can you pick me up for Thanksgiving? And he never responded. And so I had a police officer do a well check and he had had, had a brain aneurysm and just gone. And so I finished, I called my mom, like, cause they were divorced at the time. And I said, do I come home? Do I finish the job? And she's like, well, I mean, he's already gone. Yeah. What, what, <laughs> you need to finish the yeah. job. Like yeah. nothing you can do now, Kara. Yeah. Um, so I had that and I wasn't that close with my dad. So I had that experience with his death, which was unexpected. And then I had the experience with my mom's death, which was very expected because she was battling cancer. And, um, it's a, it's, I'm getting the goosebumps because it's definitely a different type of grief for each one, the unexpected. And then the expected one, like with my dad, I'm like, what the things I didn't say before he died. Cause I had no clue that he was going to right. pass. And then with my mom, it's all the things like I was able to say a lot. Uh, but then watching someone you love slowly die is also not, you know, cool. <laughs> no, it's really rough. Um, it's really rough. And what I've talked on the podcast a bit this season about, um, uh, like sh- grief that is shocking, right? Which would be your dad, right. and then anticipatory grief, which would be yes. your mom. And they both yes. have very different emotional it's responses, so different. regardless even of close or not close. Just how you that, like how they feel, feel very yes. different, and they both have their own challenges. Um, and I'm glad that you brought up the things that you never got to say, and then the things, and that is if there was ever to say a benefit of anticipatory grief. Yes. It is that it can propel people to um, right some wrongs, get their side of the street clean, and say things that they um, that need to be said. Um, yes. Okay, I did <laughs> not know that. I mean, I feel like now that you're telling me this, like I, I'm like Latin Grammys. I know I've heard you talk about the Latin Grammys before. Like I'm yeah. having a bit of a flashback, so I must have heard either someone told me or like you might have mentioned it. So. Um, it's, it's coming back a little bit. Okay. But I, I did not recall that. I just really remember, I know you were really close with your mom mm-hmm. and that was like, I feel like I knew she was sick and before, so it wasn't like I saw, Oh, Kara's mom died passed. You know, like I knew she was sick. You had been um, transparent about that as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She had been battling cancer since I was in college and she was in remission for, I think seven years. And then it came back, um, pretty quickly into her liver because she had breast cancer and then it um, came to her liver. And then I got married in June of 2016 and she passed in September. And it was just like, I had found out I was pregnant and I got to tell her that the, the baby was a girl and that she would take my mom's middle name um, or her first name as my daughter's middle name. Um, and then my mom kind of just like let go after, I think she knew that I was safe because right. I had a, a husband and I was going to start a family, but then she never got to meet her granddaughter. And so right. that's like, it's all that guilt grief too afterwards. That it's like the things that she missed out on. Right. Like I start putting myself into her position right. and like all the things that she's missing now that she should have been a part of, you know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No. And I, 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 you know, that, that anticipatory stuff of like the, future grieves yeah. the future things that someone misses out on and that you miss out on in getting to share those things right like I know you've talked yes. about too about the mothering experience and how like you wanted to you know I or I might be paraphrasing but it felt what I gathered from that and what I recall is like the idea of like yeah this really important event that you know you were so close with your mom that passed down of information in that way in in the moment of it happening um yes that seemed like was especially 
just so heartbreaking. Um, I did that with my, my, so my dad passed in April and we had, um, a very complicated relationship. Um, and he, it was anticipatory. He had a debilitating illness. So I watched him slowly really get taken by this, um, disease. And it was a motherfucker. It was, it's PSP. And it just like, it's just like you lose your motor skills one at a time. And then you Ugh. just become like completely almost slightly vegetative. He didn't get to that point, but it, you stop right. swallowing and then you can't eat and stuff like that. So um, that was really hard to watch, even with someone who I had a complicated relationship with. And um, I felt very anticipatory for the things, not only that he was going to miss out on in the future, possibly, but how, you know, how I kind of perceived how he decided to deal with his life or the people in his life. Right. So yeah. like that was kind of weird. Like, and I, I have to, like, I try to slightly correct myself because I'm like, you don't know that that's how he felt. Like that's how you feel watching. I, right. I, I just try to keep myself so that I don't go way into it because it just gets kind of like, cause to me it get becomes like really sad, but that's all my own opinion on it anyways. But I, I, you know, <laughs> That it's different, you know, your mom's situation is a little different, but that just reminded me that like, yeah, for, as my dad got sicker and sicker, I very much was like, bro, this was it. Like, this is what, you know, like looking back, like, how yes. was it for you? Did you, is this how you wanted things? Well, like, <laughs> and I don't know about you, Jillian, but I didn't know in the time that I should have been asking a lot more questions kind of like, as it was nearing the end, like questions that I needed to know about their life. Like things right. that I, I can never ask now. Like, yeah. um, and I've, I've seen things now that like a list of questions to ask people like about their life. So you always have it. And I just, I did not know to do that. And I was scared too. Right. I think I was scared to ask a lot of questions and uh, my mom didn't want to talk about it. And I was, I was always just like, can you just tell me how you're feeling? Like, I know this sucks. And, mm -hmm. but she would never say anything. She like always wanted to make sure I was okay first. Um, and I just, I mean, none of us were okay. So it yeah, was a, yeah. you know, no one was talking and yeah. then she just. Yeah. And I do think that might be a demographic, like a, a characteristic of a certain demographic. I don't know yes. the age of your mom. My parents were boomers. So there just wasn't a lot of talking. No, you're right. You're right. They, that generation didn't talk about their no. feelings or what they're no. going through. No. And they, they, they kind of tried that with us. Like quit crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Um, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but it, yes. It, you know, we were a little different and now the next generation is really different. And the generation oh. after that, forget about it. They're running stuff already. So just, know. you know, surrender and I'm down for it. I'm totally cool with it. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think that generation too, like even, and I only say that to say like, you, like you said, you tried to ask or you didn't know how to ask yeah. it. Like if I would have even asked my dad, I don't know how much he would have, you know, he was actually, he was mute the last two years um, oh, gosh. yeah, from this disease, he just really couldn't talk. Well, and actually, I don't know if he couldn't talk. He didn't want to talk. Wow. I don't, I probably couldn't talk though. A lot of it, you know, he could muster a word here and there, but it was definitely, you know, uh, declining. Um, and it does affect the, the speech, that particular disease. So I don't even know if he would have really been honest, but yeah, especially right. like the big traumas and stuff like that. Like, Hey, like, what was it like growing up? Oh, we got our asses beat all the time. Cool. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. So like, not really. I mean, that's just my dad, but, um, you know, so no, I know it, it. I think, I think, I think it's a really good point to anyone listening. Like generationally, I think we have a responsibility to maybe change some of that or 
that it could be a goal to try to be a little more open and transparent with, you know, people younger than you or people that are surrounding you, you know, as we age. Um, I think we will be. I do think we will be. Um, I know she, she didn't even want to tell me the cancer came back. Like she was just hiding a lot of things to protect me. And I was like, this is actually hurting. Now I know it was actually hurting me in the long run, but she thought of it as protecting me. So it's just how to do things differently in the future. Like I know I won't be hiding illnesses and stuff. Yeah. Cause you know, you can still feel it and you still are anticipating yeah. that fear. Like, cause my family had a tendency to do that with me because I was so far away, you know, they were in Minnesota, yes. I'm out here. So they don't want to let me know something unless it's really a big deal, but you're just yeah. sitting there every second, like something could be happening. They're not going to tell me right now because they know yes. that I'm not there. Yep. And so you'll 1, hear about things two, three days later. Oh, I had to go to this the emergency happened. room yes. and you're like, where was I in this? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, well, we didn't want to bother you. And it's like, okay. And, and I know a lot of yes. families do that. And it, I get, I totally understand why. And I can't even say that under some circumstances, I might not do the same thing. Like, I'm not going to make right. my mom worry if I can give her the summed up scenario at the afterwards. Right. But it right. doesn't necessarily help with the anxiety of what's going on. And like, if you've ever had someone have cancer, you are constantly, I mean, I would imagine you're going to constantly be like, it could come back like that. When's the other yep. shoe going to drop, you know? Um, Always. Unfortunately, you know, because of what yeah. that, what that disease is and how it works. Um, what, was there anything, you know, going through with your mom or even with your dad that you can recall? Was there anything that you were like, this was really helpful for my process or things, you know, was there any kind of tools or helpful things that you can recall? Yeah, you know, I think finding finding a grief community online was super helpful to know that like what I was feeling was normal because I had never, I mean, honestly, Jillian, when I was, when my mom passed, I was pregnant. So I didn't, I tried not to feel anything because I was scared it was going to hurt the baby, which was like mm-hmm. the worst thing to do, right? I didn't process anything. Um, I just kind of shoved it all inside. Um, mm-hmm. And then so finding a forum online that had people going through the exact same thing and saying things like, this is normal. It's okay to feel this way. It's okay that you're feeling this way. And mm-hmm. to understand that it wasn't going to be a, a fast process and it would be like an ongoing thing. Um, and then also I was just talking to my mother-in-law about this, like having people, something that was helpful was having people bring food over. So I wouldn't have to worry about feeding myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and takes like one less thing off your plate, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Um, especially when I was pregnant, I'm like, I don't want to cook. Like I am starving, but I don't want to cook. And mm-hmm. people just brought food over. I didn't have to see them. I didn't want to talk to people. Right. Um, you know, I wanted to be in my own little bubble and yeah. That was super helpful. Yeah. It can be pretty draining to have to entertain yes. if, if you're not having the energy to, you know, because people, Yes, I, I, I've talked about this maybe even in every episode so far is like when you're going through a grieving process, like, and people ask you, oh, how are you doing? Like, if you're a people pleaser in that moment, you're going to be like, I'm yeah. okay. I'm fine. Because you can tell how badly <laughs> yes. they want you to be okay. Yeah. And so, and you yes. can, and like some people, not so much, you know, some people have been through the shit. They're like, how you doing? It's bad, right? It's shitty. Yep. Yep. It's bad. Yeah. yeah. I can tell it's bad. You know, like the fog, the brain fog, you know, like they're, you can feel it. But most people, the anxiety that they have for you in pain yes. trumps everything. And so they're looking at you like, be okay, be okay, be okay. And you yes. can feel that. And you're like, I, I, I can't, I'm okay. I'm fine. Yes. It's okay. Yes. Yeah. You're fine. I'm fine. It's fine. And so yeah, they, yeah. they ask you, but they don't really want to talk about it. Oh, 
No, nobody. No, because it nobody. it triggers their own freak out. You know, yep. they have to like if they're anybody who has any semblance of empathy or even sympathy, you know, they're they're going to have a hard time in that moment because they have to deal with their own feelings about that, you know? Right. Um, right. So, yeah, but people ask because they want, but they don't really want to know. It's true. Yep. Um, was that grief community? Do you remember off the top of your head, like how you found it or the name of it? And if not, you can always tell me after and I can put it in the show notes. I'll find it for you. I can't okay. remember. Yeah, there's no a words. couple of, yeah, there's a couple of okay, pages great. that I really liked. Yeah. Great. Good. Um, yeah. And I can imagine too, being pregnant, you had to take your health seriously. You couldn't just waste away like some people like myself right. probably do, like just to like, I can't eat. And that, you know, you had to think of, so you, that was probably really helpful. So those of you listening, if you know someone around you who's really suffering, going through a significant grief or not significant, if they're just suffering, you know, right. That can be one, especially without the expectation of so socialization. Yes. Right. Just you drop know? it off. Just yeah. drop and, it off. And some people might want the socialization. So you kind of have True. to figure yeah. it out and be really open. If people are really lonely, I don't know, like, you know, or that could come later. But I know for me, too, like it just the people pleasing of having to yes. put on a show and entertain on top of it is just probably too much. Um, yes. And to your point, Jillian, like I liked when people would not give me pressure to be fine but then they would also talk about my mom with me and not like always in the past tense just like talk about like good memories and stuff and not be scared to bring her up yeah um you know i wanted to i did want to talk about her mm -hmm. so i think and that's like the craziest thing is across the board people don't want to bring it up no like they don't want to bring the person up like they want to be like are you okay but they don't want to bring the person up and i think it's like this idea of like well i don't want to remind them but it's like right you're not gonna forget it at all and nor oh, do yeah. you want to because that feels like a whole yeah. other abandonment and sadness and like you know terrible thing um so i think like as a culture we have to start like uh, just really outing that i that that it's such a natural, I don't know what, it's so weird. It's such a, I, well, maybe it's not natural. Maybe it's me growing up in the Midwest of like, don't say, you know, yeah. don't talk about politics. Don't talk about how much you money you make. Don't bring up, you know, it's someone who's passed. Don't bring up misfortune. Don't speak ill of the dead. You know, like, I don't yes. know, like there's a lot of these rules, but I just, I think there is this natural inclination to not bring it up. Like, oh, I'm going to kick up an old, I'm going to open an old wound. I'm going to pour salt in a wound. But it's like, anybody who's had someone pass, usually it's like, I noticed for myself, it's like, let me tell you the story. Yes. Let me yes. tell you how it all went down. It's like, yep. I've, I've been to the other side and I've come back and let me tell you what I've learned. Let me tell you what yes. I saw. And yes. it's like, even if it's uncomfortable for people to listen, your job is just to listen. And that's what I also wanted was just listen. Don't give me the platitudes. Mm -hmm. Just listen. Like, cause what you say is not going to make me feel better. No. You know, like the, God needed her more. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no. And this is, and I have like, a, I have like the do's and don'ts of grief that I'm putting yes. on all these. And some of them, oh man, some I'm so guilty of like in the past. And like some of them, you realize how knee jerk they are to do. Like one of them was like, don't say things like at least <laughs> like, and oh, I was my like oh my gosh. Yes. Everybody <laughs> does that. And I've probably yes. done it too. Like, and it doesn't always have to be, you know, like, uh, uh, a, a, what what we would consider or as a, what we would all agree on as a large grief because there's also other griefs like you know miscarriage and things like that that yes. are just as big for people and women going yes. through them and men too maybe but like 
people say that kind of stuff. Well, at least, you know, it happened earlier. Well, at least, it, you know, it's like, no, those, like, if no. you're going through it, like, that's not going to be helpful. So, yeah, no. the, the, the platitudes, save them, save yes. them, just, and this is, and this is, the, see, the hardest thing, though, is for people to sit and listen. That's what's just really hard to do because people are feeling their own feelings about it. They're watching you. They're feeling bad for you. They're feeling bad for themselves. They're feeling bad for you. They're questioning their own mortality. They're feeling bad for you. And it's like, I have to purge this feeling. Let me say something like, uh, well, uh, at least you, you know, and then it's like, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. You just ruined it. (laughs) I know. I know. Yeah. So I think that's been pretty uniform and universal of people that I've talked to is, you know, just listen, listen to whatever they want to say. And, you know, um, I think it's important to learn how to hold space without offering advice or suggestion. Yes. Yeah. That's been hard hard. for me to learn as an adult and like growing up, you're just like, just sit there and listen. Like that's all we have to do. I know. So easy, but not easy, (laughs) but easy. It's simple, but not easy. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really good tool. Um, and then always, you know, at, the, at at some point, if you're like me and you just can't take it, you're like, well, let me know if you're ever open to suggestion. You know, that's my thing. Like, I try <laughs> yeah. not to give unsolicited advice. I just can't help myself um, trying to get better at it. But, okay, yes. yeah. So I think we can all agree, you know, the, the platitudes save it. Just listen, you know, food, A+, plus, get the food, meal train going. Um, yep. That was something in the Midwest that was really common. And there, I've seen it out here as well that people kind of like out here, they do like Excel spreadsheets, you know, um, like, oh, nice. oh yes, I, I know a mom group that's very close to me that they full out have like a spreadsheet days, meals, things, preferences, allergies. Oh, yeah. they're Wow. Right. Oh, they're organized. Yeah. So yeah, these we are, just give Uber gift cards and stuff like that over even here. Better. And that's look, what a great easy thing, right? Like if you're someone who's like, I mean, I don't know what to bring them and I can't cook and like, oh, yep. look, DoorDash gift cards, Uber Eats gift cards. Yep. Even grocery store. I mean, not that like you're going to be in the mood to go grocery shopping, but eventually you might. And who knows? Right. Finances, when there's been a grief, finances can be rough. Um, so there's, uh, you know, things to consider. Um, now, do you have like a belief system or any kind of like a a spirituality that kind of helped with this, with, with, the, with these kinds of losses? Or did it solidify one for you? Or were you, you like, know you know what? Now I quit. Now I quit. That's it. That's what I did. I say I quit. There's for me. Yeah. uh, When both of the, both of these happened, like kind of back to back three years apart. And then while I was pregnant, I was like, how is there an actual God that would like take away this incredible woman right before she was going to have a granddaughter and now she can't help her daughter. And I was just like, nope. And I dove deep into things and started questioning a lot of things I had never questioned before. And I, um, I believe, I think that there's a higher power, like the universe and all this stuff, but I don't, um, I have unsubscribed from religion (laughs) due to these losses. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like very valid and very normal, Um, especially for those of us who were maybe hanging on by a thread in some of those, I like who already kind of grew up being a bit of a renegade in these things or like, you know, ex-members. To then not be able to get kind of like an answer that satisfied us in these right. moments, especially. Um, and that's another thing, like when dealing with people with grieves, grieves, grieving, sadness, you know, hardship, like if you have a strong spirituality, amazing. If you have a strong religion, amazing. But just know that other people don't and that yes. sometimes 
when you bring that into someone else's experience as like you're trying to be kind and nice, like I'm praying for you. And I don't think that's bad, but it's hard sometimes if people are like, I I don't, I'm not down, like, you know, God, this or, you know, this or. And that was just it. It was all, it was all the, it was God's timing and God, like, like I said, God needed her more and she's in heaven. And I'm like, well, she should be here with me. So uh, that's not helping me at all, but somewhat this God needs to take her more than I need her. Cause I really fucking need her. Cause I am just yeah. about to raise a kid, you know? Yeah. yeah. And also I just like to point out if God is all powerful, why does he need your mom? I'm sorry. I'm That's just what saying. I'm saying. I'm, I'm, your mom That's is amazing, I'm... but I'm just saying. Yeah, he didn't he's need all her that much. Uh, hello. <laughs> like, is he weak or is he strong? Like I need to know because. Right. <laughs> exactly. What is it? Uh, that, that, super smart guy um that super smart scientist um neil degrassi and, yes yeah you can't be all powerful and all good right you can't be all good yep. and all powerful yep brain explosion I um i know i love watching his stuff on on all this yeah yeah okay so yeah so that kind of it it it, it turned you away from from mm-hmm. that kind of a thing which you know i i have a tendency to believe more in organized chaos, <laughs> like that everything yeah, is just kind of organized chaos and that there may not be a lot of rhyme or reason. I would really like to have like a, everything happens for a reason. And sometimes I can get there. I think I'm, I think it's better for me. I think it's more healthy for me if I can think that way. Um, but sometimes I have a real hard time subscribing and um, yeah. really, really getting in there because I do, I see these other things that happen and I'm just like, None of this makes sense to me. No. And I guess like maybe it's not for me to make sense of, but still like I'm looking at it and I'm like, um, this is terrible. Uh, yeah. You're kind of just left questioning like what was the reason then? Yeah. Like what was the reason? Because this yeah. reason is awful. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you, I know you've done, you've said a lot of things um, periodically on Instagram about grief. Um and what what do you want people and maybe we've kind of already talked about this but what do you want people to know about grief and it can be specific to your one experience or it could just be in general because you've had more than one i think i would i want people to know that it it's okay to grieve how you need to grieve like and for me i felt a lot of guilt because i didn't grieve the same for my dad that i did for my mom and i was like what does that mean? But I don't need to question it, right? Like you're going to grieve differently for things. Um, I, one of my friends just got divorced and she's grieving differently than I'm grieving, you know, and it's okay to feel how you feel when you feel it. Um, and I'll, I'll like feel guilty if I'm with my kids and all of a sudden I, something happens, like I'll see another mom and her with the grandma or whatever, and I'll just start crying. And my, my Parker, Parker, my daughter is just like, are you okay, mommy? Is it because you lost your mommy? Mm-hmm. And she knows. And so I think talking about it openly and like sharing and not just stu- like suffocating it inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I would tell people to share with others and have other people listen and um, to not feel guilty when you feel it. Because you do, you like all of a sudden you're happy and you feel happy. You feel guilty that you're happy too. Sometimes I know I was like, wait, I feel happy. I'm a shitty person. My mom just died. But you also have those brief moments of like, I'm okay. I can do this. I'm happy. And that's okay. That's allowed. Um, so to embrace, feel how you feel, embrace how you're feeling and just kind of roll with it. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I think, um, shame and guilt isn't discussed enough. 
um, in across the yeah. board. I think it's such a like what's the lascivious like sneaky little emotion because yes. I think it seeps into kind of everything and I don't think we always notice it but I think it's why we do a lot of the things we do or react a lot of the ways we react so yeah the shame of of or the guilt of not grieving the right way right yes. like not being yes. sad enough or having these moments of happiness and then feeling guilt and shame feeling like oh you know well this parent I grieve different than this parent or this yeah. grief was different than this grief. Like, you know, I, I've said before, like there are certain people who have passed that it's very weird. Um, I had said in a, a different episode, I had this friend who was not necessarily super close to me, but for some reason when they passed, I was way more upset than other people. And it doesn't always it, make sense. Right. It affects you differently. And you're mm -hmm. like, wait, why did that one affect me so much? I know yeah. it's yeah. And I don't have an answer for it, but, um, right. you know, it just is what it is. But, you know, I think one of the worst things we can do is kind of like bring the shame in, and it's automatic. So it's not like, you know, yeah. then double shame, then you feel shame for feeling shame. And then, yes. <laughs> yes. and now so you're in a shame spiral, um, yes. <laughs> shame spiral. Um, but I think just even acknowledging like, oh, you know, I don't have to feel bad about that. That's just kind of what it is. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, so these grief, the grief community, the online communities, are they like a forum, like a board, and people are writing and then people are responding, or is it like, how is it set up? So I originally found the Instagram accounts, and then people will respond. Um, and there's one account. This is the one that I really enjoyed. Every Mother's Day and Father's Day, she'll like ask if you want to have a grief buddy to get through that. Um, and that's where I found a community because they'll lump you into another group and you guys can all chat on the um, chat group and all that stuff. And just you're around people that understand and it feels good because not everyone understands. Like they're, I'm so happy for these people that haven't lost anyone yet, like, mm -hmm. but they don't get it. And you want to be with people that understand and like listen to you and know what you're going through. Yeah. And um, it's a really good point. I call that find your people. Um, yes. And I don't mean like find your best friend, although they're your people no. in a different way. You have to find someone who's had the same trauma that you've had. Yeah. And it bonds have... you. Yeah. 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 It's a very, you, you have to become part of the club. Sorry. Yes. You don't want to ever be a, Kara didn't want to be a part of the my mom passed away club, but no. she's in that club and it's a club yep. for a reason um, because other people understand that club. Um, yes. And so, yeah, you got to find your people. I think that makes a big difference a big, big difference. Um, now you're big into CBD. I yes. have, I have not found, I haven't had results from CBD. I've tried a couple different times under a couple different circumstances. Has CBD helped you emotionally at all? Do you think, or is it more of like a body ache and pain type sitch? No, definitely. So what I realized is with my dad, a lot of my grief is anxiety and it's showing it's manifesting as anxiety because he had the aneurysm and I'm like, well, right shit that could just happen in an instant mm -hmm. um so when he died i couldn't sleep because i thought for sure i was going to just die with an aneurysm mm -hmm. so i wasn't sleeping and i wish i wish i had cbd back then because it helps me with my anxiety which then lets me sleep because it shuts mm -hmm. my brain off and i can just fall asleep um so for me i'm taking it mostly for anxiety mm -hmm. just kind of lets and me breathe you. otherwise and you, don't get get you don't get high you don't get high Okay, so I just want not to say that because not everybody understands the difference between CBD and THC. 
Yeah, there. Well, we have. I mean, my company that I work for has different kinds of CBD. Some that have zero THC, mm-hmm. and then some that has the legal amount, which is 03 percent. But it has way more it's, CBD, so you'll yeah, never feel. You're anything. not gonna get high. You're no. not gonna be running around not knowing Correct, your name. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Some of us yes. who in the past have smoked weed and yeah, it's not exactly. the weed of the '90s. I'll just put it that way. No, it is not. <laughs> a much different experience oh my God. yeah sure. no i'm i'm out like i had to tap out years ago i was like yeah. you know um for those of you who are able to do this and construct a normal life i am <laughs> impressed because i oh. took one hit of this government modulated weed and i cannot remember <laughs> my name or f- sentences for a week afterwards a week i know julian i took one i was so dumb and i took one on a gig once like a gummy like, like a gummy like a like a weed gummy yeah like a weed one and i was okay. like so paranoid i was like go-go dancing didn't oh, know what i was no. doing and i'm like this is the why did i do this and i felt terrible for days, days. um so i was nervous about cbd too but it's no don't you haven't had like that, that experience okay at all not all no okay and um <laughs> yes okay so that's good to know um now I know you don't, you, you, you've unsubscribed from the spiritual or not even spiritual, but the religious connotations of, uh, of the, of afterlife things. Um, but have you had any kind of unexplained mystical, magical experiences that, yes. uh, yes, Okay. I want to hear them. I'm so glad you asked this question because I love this story. Yeah. Um, Give all the stories that you got. yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I was pregnant and I was going to have a baby shower and I was shopping for a dress for the baby shower and I couldn't find anything. And I was just, you know, you don't feel great when you're pregnant anyways, like nothing fits. And I was just giving up. And finally, my girlfriend that was with me was like, let's go to your mom's favorite store, which was uh, White House Black Market. So Kara was just about to tell me a spooky, a spooky, 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 special, unexplained, mystical, magical experience story. And then the... Wi-Fi cut out. Uh, oh, I didn't even think about that. That's what My Roderick like, said. Nope. Yeah, Roderick. Roderick was like, Roderick was like, well, I just saw it as a as another spooky, spooky special thing, and I was like, oh, okay, we'll talk about that. So we had to we had to wait a second, and then you dialed back up. Old school. Di- no, not dial up. But no, okay. she, my so, mom must have been like, you weren't telling that right. Let me. You need to right, start over. Start over. <laughs> repeat. Um, was it? Is your mom that kind of person where she would be oh. funny like that? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Like one thousand percent. Little jokey. Little um. Little yes. Little she likes fiery. To mess with us. Little fiery. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, very so that's much. fun. Okay, so proceed. We'll see if we can get get a story okay. out correctly. <laughs> okay, so I was shopping for my baby shower, and I had no dresses. I was losing it. I was starting to get upset because nothing looked good on me. Um, and my friend that was with me was like, "Let's try your mom's favorite clothing store, which was White House Black Market." Okay, now this is and you're I, pregnant with your second daughter. No, this is my first, right after she died. Oh, right. Okay, because yes. you were still pregnant. Okay, yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay. Yep. Um, so it was a couple months later. Um, and I you don't have really a son. My bad. You have a daughter and a son. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yep. I Parker was when I when my mom was when my mom died. Yes. Um. So we went to White House Black Market, and I'm like, there's not going to be anything there. Like it's all white and black. What am I going to find for a baby shower in White House Black Market? Um. But then I found this really cute floral dress, and I went to go try it on there was no one in the dressing rooms it was my friend and I my best friend that knew my mom she was there when my mom passed with me like we weren't there but she was at the hospital with me up until she passed which also 
my mom waited until I left to pass. Um, I don't yeah. think she wanted me to see that. So yeah. we get into the dressing room. I put the dress on and all of a sudden a massive whiff of like my mom's perfume fills the dressing room. And I'm like, dude, Sarah, can you smell that? And she said, yeah. And I said, there's gotta be some lady that just came in, go check and see if there's other people around the dressing room. Mm-hmm. No one, the late, the people that worked there hadn't even come back, nothing. There was literally no one in the dressing room and we both smelled it. And I mean, I just started crying. She started crying cause she was there to be like, you know, mm-hmm. this is the dress. This is, I'm here still. Right. Um, and so it was just this massive, like, okay, you are here. I, I get it. I get I it. I love that. I love that. Is there anything else yeah. other than your mom kicking your Wi-Fi off? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so I've read that. Have you read the book, um, Signs? It's just called Signs. No, but I'm going to put okay. it in the show notes. Read the book called Signs. Um, and it helps you kind of like notice the signs. Okay. Well, she, basically she tells you to pick something abstract that wouldn't just be like random, like a red truck or whatever coming by. Right. Um, so I picked two bluebirds and I'm like, mom, like anytime I need her, I'm like, show me two bluebirds. And like the other day I was kind of stressed and I'm like, are you here? And right outside the window mm-hmm. came flying two bluebirds. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a good book to read to kind of help you find the signs and know that your loved ones are still there. That's great. I love that. No one has mentioned that book. I can't wait to oh, link that yeah. in the show notes. I'm going to start thinking dad lottery winning me. Let's, <laughs> yes. Let's go. <laughs> show me the winning show me my winning lottery ticket. No. Yes, but um yes. um I love that. That's great. Um now you had just been like freshly married, right? How you had been married for how long right before your mom? 3 months. 3 months. Okay. Yeah. 3 months. Now how did like this was there stress on like your brand new marriage and like now that you've got this, you you can't just like get to know each other as a married couple. You have to kind of go through the fire. Yes. I honestly, I've said to him numerous times, like, I'm sorry that you married and not really, but I was like, I'm sorry you married someone. Like I'm not the same version of myself mm-hmm. that I was when we were dating, you know, mm-hmm. like I felt way more broken mm-hmm. and like, a, I'm like having to put the pieces back together and then he's having to help me put the pieces back together. And I'm just like, so appreciative that he's been patient with this process and it has not it wasn't like the brand new wonderful start to a marriage right it was like boom Mm -hmm. here's your first trauma see how you do (laughs) yeah because you know it's it it, things got real real fast for him you know grief in a relationship is difficult and and that's with people who have been together for a really long time so if you're newly in a newer situation in a new way it can be probably pretty taxing um, and like for, for someone who's gone through that, like, do you have a, a suggestion for things that maybe that he did that were great or things that you would suggest to someone as a significant other, like what was helpful, like in that role, what can you do? I know it's so hard because what can you do? Yeah. Um, I think I do remember the one time when they first called me to tell me my mom had passed, all he did was just sat there with me, you know, and just held my hand. And even now, if something comes up, I'll get mad, but he knows it's not about him most right. of the time. It's about the grief that, that's coming up. So I think, right. I guess I would say is like, just give your partner grace 
mm-hmm. and kind of ask, hey, is this really what you're upset about or is something else going on? And then usually I just break down and like, I just miss my mom, right? Yeah. But I'm yelling at you because I miss my mom and I don't have an outlet besides getting frustrated with you yeah. for not putting something away, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so just giving someone grace for not understanding their own feelings and helping them figure right. out those feelings. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of talking out of school, but um, in November, this past November, Stefan lost his brother unexpectedly. Um, it, oh, it, he had cancer, but it was like really far along and he didn't find out till it was very late. Like, so it was a shock, but then an anticipatory because he didn't right. pass right away, but it was like very fast and, and out of nowhere. And, um, and he also, I think had a, I, if, as an onlooker seemed slightly complicated relationship, but still, you right. know, was very difficult. And then after that loss, you know, he, you know, he, um, he, I'm trying to think of the order of things. He had injured his biceps. So he had to have, was needed to get surgery on the bicep. And then he got in a car crash and then I, and then he left one day and the, the kettle ice, all of a sudden I smelled burning and I ran out to the kitchen and he had been boiling water to make tea and then left. Like he had left. like before he was going to, he was going to have tea before he left, but then forgot and like, left. Right. and I was like, I finally was like, look, I, I know it's hard, but yeah. I need you to just try, just, just take a little more time. Just slow down. When life gets fast, I need you to just slow down. Yes. Just slow yes. down. Have, but having someone say that to you, like, and my like, husband just was like, just take a breath. Yeah. Just, just slow take down. Take a breath. Cause yep. I get it. Like you are somewhere else and there's nothing I can do about that. But like, this is getting yes. dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, please don't burn our house down. This but... is getting dangerous. This has already yes. happened a couple of times. Some things are happening here that yes. I just need a little more awareness to be brought back, come back down to earth right. a little bit. But it's hard, you know, because the fog yep. and like your brain is consumed in a way that is not of this world, really. Yes. You know? So yes. I, I, it is what it is. But um, I think... Yeah, what you're saying, give that person some grace. There's some, a lot of patience and a lot of leeway that has to be had, you know, because there is going to be emotions that come out in ways that are not, yeah. it's not about you. It's just the the, the, the vehicle right. in the moment. Yes, that's a good point. Like the ego needs to be taken out of it because it's not, it's typically not about them, right? It's, we're in a different headspace. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, it brings, I've talked about this in some of the previous podcasts, your tolerance for everything is brought down, right? Yes. Your yes. patience, your toler the tolerance you would have normally for patience, you know, in customer service, if things aren't going your way or like, you know, with a significant other or in your professional situations, like all of that tolerance is like knocked down to sh- nothing. So you, right. what you normally would have tolerance for and patience for, you just don't. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which Brings me to another question. These were not on your list. Sorry, these came up. Oh, um, no, no worries. So, so I'm, you're getting, you're getting uh, questions you weren't briefed with. Um, you can always say pass. Um, oh, no, it's fine. Next. <laughs> um, so that, talking about that kind of patience, like I can't think of anything that requires more patience than taking care of children. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've, you mentioned earlier that, you know, your daughter can kind of recognize when you ride the waves of grief, right? And she pointed out, oh, is it because of this? She can kind of recognize it. Um, and I think that's so great that, like, you're not hiding it from her. You're not giving her, like, a weird lie or, like, you know, anything like that. She can kind of just see how it is, and she's witnessing firsthand how someone goes through that thing and deals with that thing, which I think is super healthy and probably going to be 
really a good life lessons lesson for her to tolerate and deal with life. Um, right. Is there anything else about that with parenting that like you want to share it to, like to maybe people who either don't have kids or people who do have kids as like a, I don't know. I, I just find that whole scenario like interesting. It has, you know, it has been interesting is she asked, she's at the age where she's asking a lot of questions. Um, and because my mom wasn't that honest with me about anything, I've kind of vowed to be super honest. And growing up, I did not fully understand what happens when people died. Like my whole world was rosy and peachy and there wasn't anything traumatic really didn't happen until my dad and mom died. Um, so I kind of want them to grow up knowing like the world isn't rosy and peachy and some things are going to happen. Um, so she has asked, you know, like why are both of my parents not here, but both of daddy's parents are here. And I have to kind of navigate those questions with honesty. And, you know, my parents both died and why, and then she wants to know how they died and she wants to know. So I kind of give her like bits and pieces so she knows like, what is death and what's mm -hmm. going to happen um, without you know scaring her, mm -hmm. but just communicating with her and being honest. So she doesn't, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't want her to have this view of life that I had where like nothing bad can happen. Yeah. It's not true. <laughs> yeah. It's one thing to be like, believe in Santa Claus. And it's always, yes. it's always yes. sad when you find out it was very sad for me when I found out the Santa Claus wasn't real. I was like, Oh my God, but that yeah. magic was so cool. And yeah. <clears throat> that's fine. You know, that's like, whatever you can get over that. But like, if you think the whole world is like that until you're in your twenties, it's going to be really rough because now you've yes. got more time under your belt and it's, you know, the it's more a shock time. to your system. Yeah. You're like, wait, what? The bad yeah. things can't happen to me. Yeah. That, that That's not right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, you guys start building that resilience early, you know, like, yeah. But, I think, and I and I think it that's probably what you're doing. Sounds, yeah, I think it might sound harsh to some people who maybe haven't experienced grief, um, like maybe such big losses. But um, I just I don't want her to be shocked and thrown off course. Like I want her to be able to like have the adequate tools to handle this in the future. No, I think that's spot on. I mean, as someone who was having existential crises at 12 years yeah. old, like I needed people to be real with me. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean... It felt real weird when people weren't because now I feel like I'm being gaslit and I'm having existential crises. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? I know. So, yeah. Okay. I think that's, that's, um, I think that's spot on. I think that's, that's exactly how it should be. I think that's going to be really healthy for her. I'm glad you're doing that. Um, have you, in, in these postings that you've done on, yeah. you know, from time to time on, on Instagram and whatnot, um, have people reached out like and been like, thank you for saying this and then kind of shared their story? Yes, so many. And that's just it. Like so many people just want to tell their story and they feel like, oh, this is someone who gets it. And so they that's why I like to post about it, because a lot of people have said thank you. Like no one talks about this. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to say to people, even people that haven't lost anyone. They're like, oh, I didn't know I shouldn't be saying that. Like I didn't realize it wasn't helpful. Um, but yes, a lot of people open up and share their stories and just want a, you know, an ear to listen. So it's been nice. Yeah, I find that that seems to be a common thread is that usually when someone exposes their own experience, that yeah. it gives other people the freedom or the um, confidence to kind of share yes. their experience. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really, 
really a great part of that. Um, I'm glad you're doing that. I encourage other people to do that too. That's kind of the whole gray maybe thing was to kind of encourage through conversation to see if people would kind of be willing to kind of open themselves up and have some of those conversations or share their experiences and whatnot. Yeah. And it can be cathartic too. Like I didn't realize like making a silly reel would like, I would just ball after I made the reel before I posted it. And then it was so helpful to get that grief out that day, you know? Um, and that's why I tell people too, like, it seems silly. Like some of these things are probably really silly, the reels, but it just feels good and it helps me. So if it helps me and it helps someone else, like I keep doing it. Well, the thing is, is that I think the interesting thing is that, you know, social media, as much as like, you know, everybody has opinions on it, it is kind of a neutral thing. It is kind of how people use it. And I think if you're making reels that someone who doesn't have access to support groups or doesn't know how to utilize that or didn't even realize they were having certain feelings until they saw a reel right. you posted, I think it can be super beneficial. And, you know, I think the reason why social media is so popular is because it does feed that part in our brain that wants connection so desperately. And yep. I know as we go through our world, connection becomes, you know, uh, kind of less or more and more scarce, less available because of how big our tribes are now and how far away from people we live that might be our family or our immediate, you know, people. Um, right. I think that searching for connection becomes greater and greater. And I think that the reels that then, then a reel like that, that touches some of that is, is trying to go through that. I don't, I think it's like the opposite of silly. I think it's like one of the greatest gifts that that stuff can be. Not everybody right. has access to those, you know, support groups or is willing to, or can, you know, find the wherewithal to look that up. Uh, some people live really far away from other people and they're just kind of with the people they're with. And that's just how it is. And right. those people may not get them at all. Um, one of the things that I really want to try to continue to do, and I think is super important is when to to make sure people are seen right and i think that's what you're doing yeah. when you do that it's like you're putting this thing out there and you're representing a club you know that not everybody yeah. wants to be a member of but nonetheless they may be a part of that club and they get to be seen much like when someone on mother's day i always try to do this on mother's day and father's day mostly because i wanted this too was like you know the the little animated picture of like, Hey, this is for people who have lost their, this person or have a complicated yep. relationship or don't have this or have that, you know, it's just so like everybody can kind of be seen because these days while well, well-meaning can be incredibly triggering for people who aren't in that same situation. And we do live in a world now that is social media and hyper-focused on seeing other people. So it's not just like, you can say just avoid it, but it's kind of everywhere. Mother's Day special, yeah. this and then the flowers on the street are being sold for the thing and the thing, you know, like yeah. capitalism ain't going to let you forget. So, <laughs> no, so no, that's for sure. <laughs> so it, you can get away from social media, but capitalism will follow you everywhere. It's not going to let you forget. Uh, so, you know, I think these things actually become like really important. Um, and I encourage everybody to kind of, you know, where, when they can try to see as many people as they can see and be honest about their um, journeys. Yeah, so, I totally agree. Um, still going through grief because it is kind of like an everlasting kind of process. Yeah. Um, 
what do you what would you say you still need from people today or are you kind of like I'm good like I'm here kind of to help other people and I can ride my own stuff or is there still stuff that you're like oh you know what I could use this I think for me now um I still I need more people to talk about my mom Mm. like people I mean it's been almost seven years and people are still scared to talk about her Mm -hmm. and I just need I just want to talk about her. Like, I'm so grateful I got to talk about her today. You know, I just want to talk about her. So I don't want her memory to go. Um, Like, I don't have videos and I don't have my phone. uh, I got a new phone. I don't have any of her voice messages anymore. I don't have, I can't hear her voice. So I want people to like, tell me stories and remind me about things that maybe I didn't know about my mom so I can learn about her still uh, because I miss her and I want to see I want to see her and feel her and hear her um, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. So I kind of need that. I think people think that you're doing okay. So they don't ask anymore, <laughs> you know, like yeah. after seven years, they're like, oh, she's fine. Um, which for the most part I am, you know, I've yeah. learned to move on, but or live with it. Um, but just maybe, you know, every now and then someone to ask, like, Hey, how you doing? Like, especially on those mother's days and yeah, stuff like that. It is interesting how, when someone passes the feeling to live that let them live on in speaking is like a double assault right when you feel like you can't talk about them feels like also a second death and yeah. um I'm, i don't know like i don't know how we as a society can change that i want it to change though and i don't know like maybe there's something maybe there's a vehicle for that that comes up somehow like some kind of a Maybe it's a social media thing. Maybe it's something else where people, there is this, like the whole point is to talk about that person or something. And I don't know what right. that is. And I don't know, but it, you know, it's, it's so crazy because I still think people really are so uncomfortable with hearing other people talk about the deceased. And I don't know yeah. why that is. It's not like, I especially know. if people aren't like, blubbering crying like you know where other people just can't like and now right. their nervous system is all like ah, oh, how can I make them feel better if they're just like yeah let's talk yeah. about it. I want to talk about the things so yeah I, it's I like we talk about we talk about them at the funeral or the you know celebration of life and then it just seems like they're forgotten mm-hmm. and like obviously for us they're never going to be forgotten mm-hmm. so I want to know that she isn't forgotten by everyone else too yeah you know? yeah I try to um I try to bring in some of the things my dad would always say or things that I thought were funny. There's a lot of things my dad said that were not funny and very inappropriate (laughs) that I will never say. But there are some things where like I'm driving and someone's driving very badly. And I, you know, like if someone in the car is like upset that they're not driving fast enough, I'm like, you know, my dad would say, well, Jill, do you really want them to go faster? Like implying that like they're doing the best they can and like this is it and like you don't want them to lay on the gas. Like trust right. me. I just think it's you know, like little things like that that are just kind of like yep. really funny that I like to bring up. Um and I guess also now that you have children, do you see traits of your mom and your children? Oh, one thousand percent. My daughter is like first of all, she's a spitting image of my mom and then like a little bit of me, but mostly my mom, and then she's fierce just the way my mom was. Um, so I just, I see her and like her, my mom's brothers are still alive and they'll see pictures of Parker and they're like, that's Kathy. Like that's your mom. Um, and, and, uh, do you believe in reincarnation? I do. 
I do. I do. But I don't think, cause no, I don't think it's Parker. I think a little bit of peers, um, which is interesting. Cause I went and saw a psychic or a medium once okay. yeah, when I was pregnant with Parker. After my mom passed, I was pregnant still with Parker. And I saw a medium and she said that my mom was with a little boy with um, blonde hair. And I was like, uh, at that point, I'm like, I'm not even having a second baby. Like, th- what are you talking about? You're crazy. And then out comes Pierce, you know, mm-hmm. two years after we had Parker with this white blonde hair. And oh, I remember she did say that they were sitting, they were standing together at water. Um, and now we're in front of a lake. And Pierce, like, I saw him one time just standing at the lake, just staring out. And I was like, oh, my God, like, he's with my mom. Like, yeah. it's like she knew him before I did, you know. I love that. I love that. That's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also going back, I, 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 that just reminded me when you were saying that, you know, your older uh, child asked you a lot of questions and stuff. Yeah. Do you ever just be like, I don't know. I do. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause she's like, what happens when you die? And I said, I don't know. I, don't know. I honestly have no clue. I don't know what happens, where we go, what, like what we feel, nothing. I don't know. And yeah. she's like, oh, okay. Okay. Mom. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Because yeah. I like, I feel like when I asked questions, I feel like everybody had an answer for me, but they didn't know. No, they didn't know. know. So they're just lying. They're just saying just whatever. Making shit up. Just making shit <laughs> yeah. up. Saying yeah. whatever someone else said. You know, I'm yeah. like, but nobody really. Some of these questions, nobody does know. So why are you lying? Okay, I love I that. I love that yeah. you're you're honest. So honest with her. Oh, I mean, she asked me like if my mom was buried, and I said no. She was cremated. But how do you explain that to a six-year-old? And I was right. like, um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. You definitely probably don't want to get into the details of that. Because no. as an adult, I have a hard time. And I'm like, neither one is good. Bury, cremate. Like, it's it's all bad to me because I cannot mm-hmm. separate myself from my body enough to, like, get there. Right. Yep. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Yeah, I'm going to need to bring in uh, 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 an expert. <laughs> I yeah, need an expert. Did, yes, a child, I need a, like, a child psychologist children. or like a, a book. I need a book. I need a resource. If any, I need a yes. source. I would not know. Yes, that's and that's what everything I read was like to be super as honest as you can with children about mm-hmm. death, um, so they can understand it. But I didn't know how to answer that question. I was like, uh, you could ask your dad later. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. The old, uh, the old, go to the other parent. Yeah, I like that. Yep. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Well, Kara, I have one more question for you. Okay. Um, so on the podcast, I try not, like I said earlier, I try not to give unsolicited advice to people in general. Um, it's very hard for me. Uh, but um, I will say, like, do you have a suggestion for anyone who might be suffering, like, really in it, like, in the deepest part of it? Do you have any kind of suggestion for them? If they can to find one of those groups so they don't feel alone or a ther- I mean, therapy was the best thing for me, um, especially while I was pregnant, to find someone that I could talk to professionally mm-hmm. um, and then to, just to know you're okay, you'll get through it and feel your feels. Just feel your feels. You, um, there's no way out but through. So mm-hmm. you got to just kind of keep going through it. Yeah. And I think, and I, you know, I have been through my own griefs, but I, you know, I don't think I've had, you know, like all the groups are different. Everybody is different. But I can say that if I, I think there's this idea that like, if I start crying, I'll never stop. 
Yes. I think yeah. there's that feeling for people that are like, if I start now, I'm never going to stop. And like, if you've never cried your whole life, yeah, that might be true for a while, for a second. Right. Yeah. But it will eventually surpass. And then yes. you can get really good at letting the feelings come and riding the wave when they come. Yes. And then if you, and if you can do that when it comes, I mean, obviously not every second of every day you can, right? You're in a board meeting for all of us who have our cubicle jobs, which is neither of us. Um, But anyway, <laughs> yeah. you know, like there's not always, sometimes you really do have to kind of push it down yeah. and move on. Right. But more times than not, you can have those moments, right? And yeah. to allow yourself to have those moments, to really have them and let them kind of, you know, peak and then, flow and just go, you yep. will move your way past. But if you keep saying, I'll deal with this later, it, it's, it's going to come up. It's yeah. going to keep coming up. And it's going to be harder. bad. It's going to be yep. bad. It's going to be bad. And you yep. will keep yourself in a, um, in a purgatory of pain, I yes. think. Yes. Um, and then that also breeds illness too, yeah. when you're just holding everything in. So yeah. you want to get it out. And, yeah. You know, before you know it, it, you're having a fit on American airlines or you're at the counter somewhere. I mean, losing your shit, losing your shit (laughs) because really you're sad. (laughs) Exactly. I think that's what uh, happens to a lot, a lot of people. No, I think so too. Like, and, and trauma, you know, but like there's usually trauma is because of something very sad that was witnessed or experienced. Um, so I think that's a really, really good advice, sound advice. Um, and Kara, I cannot thank you enough. No, I am. Thank you. Oh, my God. Continuing to like, you know, talk about grief, because I really when I decided to do this show, I was like, who do I know that has been through it? And I was like, Kara, she talks about it all the time. And like that, like I can't imagine for other people, you must be that resource, too. You know, like there have to be people in your life that know that about you have to be like, oh, you got to talk to my friend Kara. I got to talk to Kara. Like, Kara knows about this. Kara knows how to do this. You know, like, I think it's invaluable. It's like, um, it's like being, um, a specialist in, in, in the tribe, like, you know, like the, a witch doctor of grief, you know, like, it's like, go see, go see Kara, go see her. She knows she's been there and to the other side. You know, I've never been considered an expert and I didn't think it would be in grief, but here we are. And, um, people do, they'll send me like, random Instagram strangers will send people to me and be like, Hey, go talk to Kara. And it's, Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, it's nice. It's nice to be, you know, helpful to people. I didn't expect it, but I like it. Yeah. I think that's also something that's really helpful in dealing with any kind of a recovery from anything, even if it's an ongoing life recovery is, um, helping other people as a service. I think service to other people and things can be super helpful in getting through that. And I think you offer that. I think that's kind of your, a brand of yours. Um, so I love that. Okay. Um, Kara, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for giving me your time today. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. It was so fun. Thank you so much. I've been keeping tabs on Kara from afar for a while, and it was so great catching up with her on Grey Maybe. I'm so thankful to her for being transparent about complicated grief and the feelings of shame that it can bring up. I think it's so important to remember that while we struggle with grief, there are younger people around us that may have even less tools or ways of coping. 
I wonder how I would have encountered all the different griefs throughout my life if maybe I'd had some help with recognizing and processing grief like Kara is able to do with her children. What an important gift to give. I can't thank Kara enough for giving her time and coming onto the podcast and talking with me today. If you're listening to this episode and you're experiencing grief, welcome, and I hope this helps your journey. You're not alone. Just a reminder, for anyone who needs to hear it, you don't need to have experienced a giant catastrophic event or a death to experience grief. Know that whatever you're feeling, there are those among us who have probably felt it too. You're not alone. If you're listening and you have someone you love in your life that is grieving, welcome. You are also not alone. We as a society have a long way to go in being able to tolerate and help those closest to us manage grief. I've included a link in the show notes for the do's and don'ts, which I'm going to read here. Don't assign positive meaning to their loss. In our effort to encourage and support the griever, we may try to project the current situation into a better future way too soon. Saying, time will heal all things, is not helpful. Prophesizing a future positive meaning on top of the grieving person's crushing and devastating loss tends to minimize the griever's current agony, essentially suggesting that they sweep their pain under the rug while focusing on some potential positive long-term outcome. Stay in the moment with the griever. Follow the grieving person's lead. Be an attentive, active listener. Allow the griever to take the conversation where it needs to go. Make room for plenty of silence. Don't jump in to fill space with unnecessary commentary. Sometimes before a two-way conversation can even begin, the griever just wants someone to sit with, literally or virtually. No questions or words of comfort are needed to fill silence. Presence is often what the griever really needs. On their own, sometimes the grieving person will identify a silver lining or hopeful thought that adds meaning to their loss. This is a normal and often constructive way to cope with grief. Remember, the griever is the only person who can know what this loss means to them. Only the griever can make meaning of their experience. Once they do so, it's appropriate to support them in their newfound hope. Use the name of the lost loved one. While you are comforting the griever, all of their emotions are tied up in the loss of their beloved. Saying their loved one's name out loud is a way of validating the life of that person. Say Anne, not your sister. Say Alan, not your son. Say Stu, not your husband. Don't ever be afraid to mention the person lost. Grievers want to talk. Memories are all that remain after a loss, and talking about the person who died helps to keep them alive in broken hearts. Refrain from platitudes. Refrain from platitudes, religious or otherwise, like, they are in a better place, or time heals all things, or everything happens for a reason. Don't pretend that you know the answer. You don't. No one does. As a person who desires to support a griever, pay attention to what you say. Never say anything that starts with the phrase, at least... Comparing and contrasting your own grief experiences or dreamed-up hypothetical ones with the reality of the loss that just happened is missing the mark in several ways. Making your loss the topic of conversation is asking the grieving person to switch their focus 
and empathize with your grief at a time when the total focus should be on them. Don't say, I know how you feel. You don't. Seems to me describing how something worse could have happened represents a thwarted attempt to say something, no matter how unhelpful. Stay out of your empty word, ill-informed autopilot script. Choose not to go there. Be open to the expression of any emotion. As an active listener, be open to any emotions the griever may express through verbal or nonverbal means. Anger, yelling, silence, rage, disbelief, denial, crying, pacing around the room, shouting, rocking back and forth, wringing hands, clenched fists, avoiding eye contact, needing to be held, avoiding touch, etc. Be observant about what the griever is expressing, overt or subtle, and allow a safe space to be in that moment. Do not in any way tell them not to feel what they are feeling. Remember anniversaries. Try to remember anniversaries such as the birthday of the person who died and the anniversary of the date of their death. Sending a card or a text will let the griever know that you are remembering too, reminding them that they are not alone. If you've made it this far, Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you were able to find something relatable in today's episode. If you'd like to show your support for this podcast, consider making a donation on Spotify. It would also be very helpful if you could rate, share, comment, and subscribe. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please email graymaybestories at gmail.com. G-R-E-Y-M-A-Y-B-E-S-T-O-R-I-E-S at gmail.com. Thank you to everyone who helped make this Gray Maybe podcast happen. Producer and editor, Roderick Barge. Cover photo by Jose Perez. Music licensed by Pixabay. Special counsel, Jada Ellingham and Roderick Barge. Special shout out to supporter, Patty Olgan. Until next time, bye for now.